Hello and welcome everybody to the walk-off. I'm Scott Belford, normally joined by the best co-host in the biz, Adam Mack. We're not sure where he is. He is MIA, so we've got um, probably the best pinch hitter we could possibly drum up in this amount of time here. Uh, hey, Tommy, nice. Joel, right? Good to see you again. Hey, Scott. I want to just like get right into this because I've wanted to talk to you, Joel, about sure. the IKF signing and the KK signing and all of this stuff. And it's just like, now it's like, you know when you fill your cup up too much and you can actually see the little like dome on the cup yeah. of the water? That's how I feel right now with, with not being able to talk Blue Jays the last little bit. So I want to say to start with to the grounds crew and everybody, apologies. I hope we had you had a very good uh, Christmas season and all of that sort of thing. I know that Adam and I have not put out an episode since last Friday. So I know that you have gone without but appreciate your patience. Again, all the happy holidays and stuff. We're going to blame it on that, but we're back. And we're going to get right into it here. Uh, we're going to talk IKF. We're going to talk Kiermaier. We're going to talk where this team goes from here. Bo Bichette, some interesting numbers on him. Joel has a great idea, or at least one that maybe we can warm up to, about Vladdy and third base. Yamamoto goes to the Dodgers. It's funny because Yamamoto goes to the Dodgers like one week ago. It already feels like that happened two years ago, Joel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally uh, agree with that. So. Especially especially if you look at his uh, Instagram account and see who he was following about yeah. two, three weeks ago. There were a few Dodgers names that were on his Instagram account. You're just instantly like. Uh, the dominoes are all gonna fall in their direction, aren't they? Joel, are the the Dodgers gonna fly a banner after all this? Like, are we gonna look back in ten years and be like, you know what, fucking worth it? Wow! Like they just added, they just added one billion dollars worth of players, and there's two yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, and then Glasnow makes it. Yeah, know, that that was a pretty big addition signing wise. It was a hundred and. 30, 39 40, million something like yeah. yeah something like that yeah um yeah they otani not only is you know the the unicorn of the sport but he had that concept of how to you know defer all that money that was his oh, idea yeah and, and you know like that's that's gonna change the game um you would think that they would fly a banner definitely in the next four years that that has to be a team that ha it's got the talent to win that doesn't mean anything doesn't mean anything in baseball. It um, doesn't. There's, you know, the Braves will have something to say to it. The Phillies will have something to say about it just getting out of the National League. So, you know, um, they've got oh a ton God, of talent. Joel, like they have to perform. You look at the oh, top yeah. three of that. Like, like Mookie, Shohei, and Freddie. Are you, I can't think of a better top three. Yeah, that's like how many... MVPs in the last yeah. <laughs> literally Freddie right? Freeman like, had an MVP and yeah. Mookie had an MVP. Mookie had an MVP. Go ahead a couple. Yeah. Well, Mookie was runner up last year, I think, for um behind uh Acuna. So it's just like yeah. yeah, they're all at the peak of their powers. They're all two of them had thousand plus OPS seasons last year. Um and you know, Will Smith 
is no slouch. Um, Muncie, yeah. Uh, see what they have um, with Gavin Lux coming back. You know, it's 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 going to be really uh, you know, and and for as grumpy as you are as a Blue Jays fan, because you know you we, we had our teeth in Otani there. It seemed like I was literally in California at the airport when he was apparently in California at the airport. Right. Yeah. And, and so I was like, you know, I was looking around and um, yeah, but at the Are same time. Are there any tall Japanese men here? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, that's what my, I was, I was scanning the horizon for. Um, but it's, it's gotta be good for the game, right? This is going to put so many eyes on the sport. Um, uh, you know, all um, to, to bring up, I'm going to my phone here. I'm I'm not I'm not uh, doing it like um, like this is this is like my text chain with uh, Tommy John's wife, right? Yeah, which is like blown up. All the attention towards him is blown up because of this big signing. Of, of course, how, you know, um, Tommy John oh, is Tommy so going involved. through a second TJ. Absolutely, right. It all plays. So in. it's just. Yeah, it's 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 big all over the place when you see football players and uh you know that uh quote is going around, you know, um uh, football players want to be basketball players and basketball players want to everybody wants to be yeah. a baseball player, right? And and you know, Mahomes talking about it, you know, he's at 450 million or something on what he makes and looking at 700. That's just like, you know, you're on a mountain now there's another mountain that's a yeah. mountain above that mountain. And it's just, it's staggering. And and whether whether baseball actually does anything with it or not will remain to be seen because if there is a league out there who can screw up all these eyeballs on them, it is Major League Baseball, but it's uplifting, man. Like you, you just hear baseball being talked about amongst regular fans who would never be talking baseball in December. Like it's great. Yeah, it's yeah, it really is. It really has been momentous. And uh, um, being a big fan of, of uh, Japan and the, the, the Japanese system, like I Yamamoto, like let's not this this guy is gotten better every single year since he won the Sawamura Award for the first time. He's a yeah. triple crown winner three times in a row. He's that's nine crowns in the last three years that this guy's put on his head. 25 years old 25. like like it's like that doesn't i think this is what a lot of folks uh maybe missed is that he himself i mean we talk about otani being a unicorn but yamamoto himself is also a unicorn because you do not see that sort of talent being available at that age right like i i know there's the the pushback from, from some fans saying he's never played in the big leagues. And that's true. Obviously, time will tell where that goes. But, I mean, we watch the scouting systems amongst Major League Baseball, the player development systems amongst Major League Baseball continue to grow, continue to improve. Like, this, is, this isn't this is a roll of the dice here for $325 million. No, no, this is a, a no. pretty sure thing. Yeah, this is a rather sure thing. And like, the, the, I, you can be afraid of his size. You can be afraid of any pitcher with Tommy John. Anybody who throws north of ninety six, you you worry about the arm. Um, but when it comes to sure things, no pitcher in the MPB has ever done what he has done, and he did it by the end of his age twenty four season. 
Yeah. No one had won three Sour More Awards. And he has he's competed already on the uh, WBC stage. You know, he's he's competed outside the MPD. Yes. But I wanted to use Bauer as kind of like a litmus test. Bauer goes over there and was throwing 99.6. Like he upped his velo two and a half miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Like Trevor Bauer's throwing harder than he ever was. Was an all-star in the mm-hmm. MPB. Had about a 290 ERA where um, uh, Yamamoto, I think, was what? 1.2, 1.16. He was a, like a third of Bauer's ERA. It was... So there's a guy who... Who has recently is what tw- 2021? And Trevor Bauer's well 32, Joel. So like yeah. just just to take those age and th- I love the comparison of Bauer because this is a guy that, despite how you feel about him as a fan of the game, was a Cy Young winner, was yes. literally given the highest pay of any baseball player in the history of the game before. <laughs> shit hit the fan with his domestic situation, right? So, like, great comparison to watch him go to Japan, do what he did, and still be in the shadow of Yamamoto. Oh, drastically in the shadow. Was an all-star, pitched incredibly well uh, in Japan. Just Yamamoto lapped him three times. In And this it's, is it's where... Really amazing. And and maybe we do a, a, a quick left turn here to Blue Jays land because it does make uh, an easy transition just talking about where the value at starting pitching has hit in this league. And you look at what the, the Blue Jays front office, and believe me, Joel, we are going to uh, rip into this front office a little bit here. Uh, but what they have done well is they've built a pretty damn good pitching staff. And they've for done so for, for, yeah, you know, and like th- for prices that honestly, when they, they first signed them, I was like, I don't know, like Gosman, I was all on board with, but the, the, you know, even Bastin, I was like three years, 63 mil, like who, and then you watch what he did. And I mean, talk about shoring up that rotation. He did beautifully. We watched Jose Barrios have a bounce back year. He's under contract for six more years. You know, like we watched uh, Yusei Kikuchi have a career season. And you look at the Boston Red Sox and they just signed Lucas Giolito for two years, $38 million, dude. Two years, $38 million. I I watched that happen and it made me laugh because I was just like, anyone anyone saying Alec Manoa doesn't have value is fucking loco, dude. Oh yeah, uh, Giolito. I think is, I think his ERA plus is a minus. Yeah. <laughs> like eighty six over the last two years. It's not, um, but yeah, there's forty million for a guy who you can run out there every five days, and there's so much value to that, even if the ERA is yeah north of four. So, which is wild. Okay, so right now, agree with way, you though on the good pricing on on those. Uh, starters right. right like yeah you look at put um barrios what 127 together with gosman's 110 that's 227 add bassett that's three that's 280 add kikuchi 310 that's still less than yamamoto that those are our, our top four starters is less than yamamoto it's yes, incredible our top four starters is less and then 
Manoa is less than Yamamoto. So if you were to include him as a fifth, all yeah. of our five starters our are five starters. less than Yamamoto. <laughs> It's it's wild where where the pitching market has hit, and it does it does make what we've watched the Blue Jays front office do to point feel underwhelming. Um, I and I'm a little confused by some of it. So Kevin Kiermeyer, let's start there. Obviously, last week we heard out uh, we heard that KK returning to Toronto one year, ten and a half million dollar deal, ten and a half million dollars. Uh, in an isolated signing, I love it. I think mm -hmm. for the money, for what he provides defensively, for the, for what a good human being he is. You know, like I, I when you you look at the lineup and look at what Anthony Bass wound up, the the ripples he caused and the the problems and just like just what a huge mountain out of a molehill wound up being over a guy that was like a, a, a fringe bullpen piece. You look at Kevin Kiermeyer and you're like, there's no concern of anything like that coming out of him. So, you know, like, again, just, just, just isolating him as a, as a fourth outfielder, maybe a, a regular in center field. But this is my question for you. Is he a fourth outfielder slash uh, set late guy replacement in center field? Or is Kevin Kiermeyer now? Are are we just rolling back the outfield we had last year? What are your thoughts on that, Joel? Like, what's your impression? I know this is all speculation because to to steal a uh, an analogy from from Adam Mack, right? Ross is cooking. He's baking a cake here. We got to wait for all the ingredients to be added. And I, I mean, mid off season, you you do have to give that to them, right? Right, like. There's obviously more happening, or there fucking better be. But what are your thoughts on Kevin Kiermeyer? Yeah, um, I if if we're looking at going into spring training and that's our outfield, you know, then it's 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 kind of the same issue that I was we were going into last year, where I was terrified about the amount of drop of slugging percentage that our outfield had over just the course of two years, and that was. And and I'm 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 one to keep bringing up Randall Grichik as a fourth outfielder, but there was a time when Randall Grichik was our fourth outfielder, and that was a twenty home run guy coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. too. and it was he was inconsistent. All of those horrible things that Grichik was as, as a big heavy strikeout guy, but twenty bombs would would play, and it and it yeah. does play. Um, so it's this situation where if you're Three outfielders are Varsho, Springer, Kiermaier. You know, let's say Varsho pops 25. Kiermaier repeats with his eight. Springer gets 25. So you're looking at 58 home runs between your outfielders. And whoever your other outfielder would be, you know, um, Witt is not maybe we're maybe we're going to sign Witt again long term but not long term but like two years because we're not doing that option year that option year is not uh, coming back so yeah maybe we negotiate something with Witt but it's that it's that moment where you don't know what else is coming back in IKF kind of seems like he's he can do Witt's job I guess but you know it, to me, it's a IKF is a where, weird one 
IKF yeah. is a weird one. And the reason I feel it's weird is there's, in my opinion, there are two ways of looking at this deal. And that is number one, they have zero faith in Santiago Espinal anymore because the redundancy that is IKF seems apparent to everybody, but this is where we get back to, you got to kind of see where, where the rest of the ingredients land in the baking of this cake. But it does feel like if that's the case, maybe Biggio or Santiago are on the way out because you know what? $15 million for a utility guy for two years. It's not cheap. Like, listen, IKF has the resume, right? He's got a gold glove. Yeah, I know it was the 2020 season. Nonetheless, he's proficient in the field. He provides a little bit of pop, but he's another one of those guys where you're like, so we have another dude who can play six positions and hit 15 dingers. Like, isn't this what we're trying to get away from? <laughs> yes. That's why I'm, you know, it, it's a different situation if they go big on Bellinger. Right. And that's, that's the scary uh, thing to talk about is like 200 million on Bellinger running that, you look at you look at Springer and you're like, okay, going he's Bellinger's 28, but it's that season that he had that that one good season that he has removed of two absolutely atrocious mid 100 yeah. batting average seasons. That yeah, you're like, does does that repeat itself? The batted ball data people will bring that stuff up about Bellinger about how the exit velo might not be where it was during those those prominent years where he's you know hitting 40 home runs and winning MVPs so it's 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 a sketch it's a sketchy situation where I, I think his expected batting average was closer to 270 than the 309 that he hit so you know what are you gonna get are you gonna go 200 million on Bellinger and then he regresses to you know more of a set high 700 OPS player and then you're you're drastically overpaying, like, mm -hmm. but we're kind of in that situation because Otani and Yamamoto pushed back free agency so much. Everything was so dependent on two players that here you are uh, December 30th. And, you know, so many teams are scrambling, looking at what's left on the board. And yeah, that's, if we're looking at running this team out there, Chapman, are we assuming the Chapman's going to San Francisco or something at this point? See, and this is where I, when I, I, I saw IKF sign with the Jays, I did think maybe this is signaling that Chapman is not returning, right? Because that does provide them somebody who can play a very proficient third base, give their up and coming Damiano Pamagiani, Addison Barger, Araldis Martinez a little bit more time and put a little bit, it, it definitely takes a little bit of pressure off the internal options. And I don't think there's an internal option. And I, I could be wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong on this, but I don't think there's an internal option that is right knocking on the door, just ready to take over, right? Like there's probably going to be some growing pain. So allowing some of these guys the opportunity to win the position from a dude who's going to provide uh, at least defensive capabilities at third 
be able to play some shortstop again, especially if they don't view Santiago Espinal as uh, like the one thing about Espinal was that he defensively was fantastic. We never had to worry about him at third and short when he would fill in. And last year seemed, you look at his defensive metrics, he was technically not even an average player, which is like, you know, for what he provided with the bat. So maybe that, maybe that's all this is, right? Maybe Espinal is going to be a, a bundled in some sort of deal that is bringing back that power bat we need. It's just, I guess my problem is, Joel, is that they're all in on Otani. There's all the rumors that they were a finalist for Yamamoto, and I, I, I take that with a grain of salt. I mean, they were probably four or five down the list. Why wouldn't you be interested in in such a talent that's available at that age? But, you know, and then you, you hear them tied to Cody Bellinger, and then things go quiet, and then you get KK back, and you get Isaiah kind of falafa, and you're just like, I, I don't, like, are we still going to add a big piece? Because we fucking better add a big piece, man. Like, there's right? no power on this team. And I, I yeah. know that um, Vladdy's going to rebound. I know there's going to be some rebounds. There has to be. But, dude, we need a bat. Yeah, yeah, we need a bat. Um, we absolutely need a bat. And it's, it's I guess, I guess transition my thought process. Like, when you bring in IKF, who is, is like a VAR show on the infield, right? And mm-hmm. it's... I fear, like I said, the lack of power, especially out of the outfield. Now Chapman leaves. That was like such an inconsistent bat for the last two years, but it was still solid above average production for a third baseman, right? So like for that to step down from like 115 OPS plus to like 85, that's a big drop. Mm -hmm. It is, it's a big hit in offense. So you're, you got to be, I, I I know I'm, I'm I see video of, of of Vladdy playing you know uh, winter ball Dominican winter ball and having fun and playing softball and mm-hmm. doing stuff like that and he's trimmed down a bunch I was I was always on the fence about him going to first I always said in his early early years let him figure out third base let him be abysmal. For two years let him be really terrible at that spot and figure it out and we brought in Chapman we said go over to first be a first baseman maybe 10 years too soon mm-hmm. maybe this is something that you should have been at 35 not at 22 and I look over at Devers who is not by any means an amazing third baseman it, but he's proficient now but yes he is he has gotten to the place over those early years where now he's closer to a league average defender mm-hmm. and that offense plays so well for a 26 year old left-handed guy who can absolutely slide. So yeah. it's just like you, those growing pains that you need to deal with. Bo, we saw the growing pains. He got, went to eight errors last year. It was the yeah. dream situation for Bo at 25. Yes. He's figured out without the shift playing straight up. Bo Bichette is a really solid defender at shortstop. Wow, at 25. Growing paints, right? And now we're sitting in this situation where you've you've got this talented guy at first base. 
if if Chapman's out, maybe the internal option is move Vladdy to third, get a Reese Hoskins, mm-hmm. get someone like that. Bellinger is the situation where he can play first, and you can still mm-hmm. run that outfield out there, and then slot Bellinger into the outfield on occasion when you want a little bit more offense. And mm-hmm. and and look at a Solaire, look at a Teo coming back as a, in a DH spot. To me, it's like that. In it allows you to to look at Reese Hoskins, who's a guy who could come on this team, and and you know he's coming off yeah. a few injuries, but in a good place to produce at first base, be a DH on occasion, and for you to get a, a power combination out of your corner infield, you know, and I just seeing that video the other day of, of Vladdy fielding and making a really nice play, you know, on the left side of second base. Yeah. And, and the other thing about him is he's got an incredible arm. He might have the best arm on the team. Oh, yeah, and the cannon. You're negating a tool. That yeah. is a tool. That is one of yeah. the five tools to a ball player. And it yeah. is, you know, not he, he he will make a throw from first base on occasion to third on a guy trying sure. to sure. But it is we've seen him do the, negated. The, yeah, you know? we, we've seen him be the cutoff guy and hammer at home. Like we've seen him put his arm on display a few times, but you're right, man. At first base, you're you're literally negating a tool of a, a guy who has five tools. Um I would be curious to see what that would look like. Vladi at third base again. My problem with it, honestly, dude, is that I feel like they're so far into this window, con- this contention window that they're in, that it's it just feels like a dangerous move. But that said, honestly, it's like IKF is yeah, a dangerous you got move. IKF is like, a blanket. Like, yeah, like what? Are, yeah, like and I blanket mean, to try it. Exactly. 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 So um if Vladdy were to go to third Bellinger probably the best option for rotating back and forth I I know like money aside like is Bellinger the best bat at this point available that that we know about like on the on the free agent market he's got to be the best bat available right yeah I would, I would what the Jays he's need? a lefty yeah, he can run well. He can play the outfield. He can play center field if we want him to. Um, you know, I feel like that's a. It, it's your. We were ready to go, five hundred million dollars for a player, right? Yeah, we're ready to go five hundred million dollars for a player who's two years older. You know, so it's just like, is Bellinger half as valuable as Otani you know defensively he plays the outfield really really well and he he put up an 870 OPS last year mm-hmm. you know uh mm-hmm. you know close to 100 RBIs um I think that that is probably like I said overshooting what he would do I think that was like a little bit of a high-end year for him so you are paying for you know him at a at a high point where I don't know if he follows that up necessarily, but I don't think mm-hmm. he's in any way going to drop back to being that one sixty guy. I think maybe he hits two sixty five, two seventy, twenty five home runs, yeah, 30 home runs, and you know maybe close to a hundred RBIs on a team like this. But a guy that you can slot in three, four, five in your lineup who is able to play the outfield and the infield and 
yeah, I don't know. I think that's got to be where you look. Um, the other, the other weird thing that I've I, I brought this up with Adam literally last year, and it was something they did with Joey Gallo defensive, which was the outfield shift of clustering your uh, outfielders, yeah. you know, all in right field, mm-hmm. almost like a hybrid version of the shift. What that also means that you can do is rotate your outfielders pull side. Okay. Yeah. So when you have two outfielders like Kiermeyer and Varsho, that makes me think, go out and get a guy like Jorge Soler and put him in the outfield and just rotate him to opposite field side yeah, on every exactly. hitter. You know, That's... because that will legitimately take 200 balls in play away from him over the course of the season. Joel, has anything like that ever been done? Can you never. think of us? Ne- never, right? Nothing. Never. That's and a really still interesting allowed. It's not idea. allowed on the infield. It's... Okay. On the infield, you cannot rotate your sides anymore. So you can't yeah. take your second baseman and move him over to third in between. That's not allowed. But you can rotate your outfielders. So I'm looking at this situation where you've got Springer. Maybe Springer plays a little bit more DH. And yeah. then you bring in another slugger. Like this is such so an interesting Taya. idea, dude. Like it's yeah. it's funny. I've never even heard of anything like this. I I by the way, grounds crew, I would love to know what you think about this for those of you who are watching it, of like having a liability like Jorge Soler, who just fucking pumbles the ball yeah. and is gonna put up big home run numbers, but then you can always put him into whatever field. He's gotta do some jogging. Yeah, you gotta jog exactly. a little bit. As soon as the out's ah. done, you jog on over to the other side, you know? And this is, but this is legal. You're allowed to do this. 100% allowed to do this. And it would take away 15 to 20% of the balls that would come to you over the course of a season. I have 15 to 20% of the balls. Like you're talking about 150, 200 balls that don't come to you because they come to a majority. 75% of the time, they're either center field or pull side. Like, you've right? got two of the best defensive outfielders in Major League Baseball on your team, and Kevin Kiermeyer and Dalton Barsho. Play their defensive metrics more. Yeah, absolutely. Barsho can become even more valuable by just having the ball come to him more often. Right? So, I'm just like, there's this move that nobody Man, this does. this is like an outside-the-box thought i like it dude i like it and it covers it it allows teo to come back and you not worry about him so much yeah Um, a guy like solaire to come in and you don't worry about him so much and he can go into the outfield why has nothing like this been tried joel i mean we watched kyle schwarber out in fucking (laughs) no man so many good outfielders who play center field and have played left or right there's so many there i'm not saying that that's a talent that's universal some guys no, have issues. No, 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 no. Right? But, but there are outfielders. Team and the strengths of this team, and like that is one of them. We've got yes. Varsho and, and Kiermaier. Varsho in Arizona had played every outfield position. So it's like he has a knack for slotting wherever you want him to slot in the outfield mm-hmm. and be incredibly proficient at getting jumps on balls. He's got the best jump, and he's plus, what, 29 uh Runs save. He led the league in that. Yeah. Didn't get a gold glove. Didn't lead. Led the league in the defensive stat of saving runs. Didn't get a gold glove for. Him. Yeah. As much help, shit as I give the guy, I really felt for yeah. the fact that they rotate him so much that he doesn't classify. It's just like outfield gold <laughs> yeah, gloves. That's it. Yeah, he doesn't. It's have just the outfield. Rest. There should be three yeah. of them. Who are the three best outfielders? I don't give a shit. 
Um, but yeah, no, I don't understand why it's, it hasn't been done or, or, or tried because I saw that taste of it when they were mm. defensively shifting for Gallo. It shows you're allowed mm. to do it. And it's just like, here's this opportunity. The outfielders just got to jog a little bit and you maximize your defensive output. Yeah. Like you've got a guy who's as versatile as Varsho is and can play all over the outfield. That's a really interesting way of covering up a defensive blemish with a guy like Soler, where you're he's in your lineup because you need to give George Springer more DH time. And now you've got to put this liability in the outfield, but you can kind of negate that by playing which side a guy's going to hit the ball on. That's really the Tommy shift. I've been trying to get it named that yeah. for years now. And somebody's going to do it. And I'll be like, that's that's my thing. <laughs> okay, Joel, let's talk Bobachet real quick here for a few reasons. Number one, I think that IKF was, like you put it, right? The safety blanket. And maybe you can try Vladdy out at third. I think he's also a safety blanket for Bo, who we saw huge progress on the defensive side of the game from him last year. We watched him become uh, a league average defender, and this is a guy who is just straight up a liability at shortstop. He was airmailing and and short over overthrowing. I, I think it was like twenty seven errors or something like that he had in twenty twenty two. I should look it up, but you know, like it was it, it was close to leading the league. So you have IKF who is going to still provide that. I mean, let's face it, Matt Chapman makes anybody you put at shortstop a better shortstop, right? Like he's, it's his game. It's why Matt Chapman is even still being talked about with a $200 million price tag. Cause let's fucking be serious. His bat isn't going to get him that kind of money. Like this is where the market's at for third baseman. And this is why Chapman is so valuable. So you bring in IKF and uh, here's some stats on Boba Shett for you, Joel, the blue Jays with three seasons in a row of, 30-plus doubles, and 20-plus home runs. This is the list. Carlos Delgado did it, 97 to 2003. Vernon Wells did it, 2022 to 2026. Joe Carter, 91 to 93. And Bo Bichette, 2021 to 2023. Some pretty darn good company there. And if you can continue to have Bichette do what he's done the last few years, which is play almost every game. Last season was the first time, Joel, that Bobachet missed more than two games since since 2019. I mean, I mean 2020, I know it's short season asterisks, but you know, like pretty yeah, impressive the amount solid of playing short stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so go ahead. Go ahead. I've I've always liked to draw the comparison to Jeter with him. Um uh, the the, the Jeter always gets torn apart for his defensive metrics, but Jeter was like a, a, you know three fifteen career hitter, second all time for hits by a righty, um, just so unbelievably clutch from being able to hit the way he does in the regular season, play eighteen seasons healthy. The, mm -hmm. the core of that guy's career was 18 straight years where he was putting up a 315 batting average, 25 doubles, 15 to 20 stolen bases, and playing 155 games every single year, then transitioning into the postseason and hitting 300 in the postseason. You know, putting up an additional 160 some games in the postseason, hitting 315 
and setting countless records in the postseason. But I and you know I, the idea that Jeter is overrated just shocks me because it's it's to have that consistency at shortstop for eighteen years was the galvanizing force for those five championships that they won with him. I'll be honest, dude, and I agree 100% with you. I think a lot of the pushback is he's a Yankee, right? You're yeah. putting on yeah. you're putting on the evil empire uniform and expect yeah. the rest of baseball to be like, yeah, let's tip our hat. It's just, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I totally get it. I totally get it. Because you are correct, uh, though. He is completely unfairly ripped apart. I mean, you look at his numbers, his defensive value, just the fact that, like, even even if he was an average shortstop, which for sure he was at least an average shortstop. Everyone talks like he was just this giant black hole at short. He wasn't. I mean, he just wasn't. No, and and it's kind of the comparison of a, a shortstop who will try to make every play. I think I, we brought this up last year, was Bo will always make the throw, okay? A lot of guys don't make the throw. A lot of guys just stop, hold the ball. Oh, that's a hit. I will not throw this ball away. Bo mm-hmm. always makes the throw. Yes, he does. Bo, for better or worse. <laughs> yeah, for better or worse. But the understanding that if he makes it, he makes that fluke play 30% of the time. That equals the 30% of the time that it just bounces on the ground, stays in front of Vladdy, and there's no advancement right mm-hmm. to the 30% of the time where he'll throw it out and he'll get to second. Right. So he values the out as an equal opportunity as the guy getting the second base. Right. And I think that a shortstop who tries to make every play and sometimes looks like a absolute fool doing so, but then makes the flute play, you know, that saves the game. I, I I've always been more of a favor for the guy who, is is never handcuffed to go for it. You know, he's he's gonna he's gonna do it and go for it every single time. And then the fact that under a shift mentality, Bo is ripping 25 to 30 errors, but under a straight up old school play it straight up, he's he's at eight errors in 135 games play, right? Mm-hmm. And um we look at Simeon becoming a gold glover. Simeon at like 27 was in the thirties for errors. Mm-hmm. He was having 30 error seasons at mm-hmm. like 27 and then became a gold glover when we moved him to second base and is a gold glove infielder. Um, Bo, after that improvement at 25, I always dreamed of, of average defense out of him now i think gold glove is very possible yeah i think gold glove by the time he is 28 i think is very possible that because that drive to consistently get better every single year is always in that as soon as the season stops Bo is trying to get better at baseball i love that you brought that up because that is what makes Bo such a talent is that he could have very easily just been like yeah, maybe I'm a second baseman. He could have very easily done that. The Jays, yeah. if let's be real, dude, if if Bo Bichette was fine with moving to second, he would have moved years ago. Mm-hmm. He yeah. wasn't. No. And the Blue Jays saw what a value add that is. If he could be an average defense 
have average defense. And he, he, he pulled it off in 2023. So like there, there's a lot of guys who would just shrug and be like, listen, I'm going to make good money at second base. I, I have an incredible bat. Move me. Mm-hmm. Every other shortstop who would be better than Bo Bichette right now is making $300 million. Yes. Yes. Right? Anyone that uh, is ranked higher than him, and these are all guys closer to 30, if not 30 already, Lindor, Seager, mm -hmm. all these guys. um, Tatis is younger, but he signed instantaneously. So let's... But... These all these guys and, and he, that's not even shortstop anymore. What am I talking about? That's a left fielder. So yeah. uh, there's a right fielder. So um, yeah, um, you look at at Bo and he truly filled into that shortstop spot, making him a three hundred and fifty million dollar type player when that free agency comes up. If he was a second baseman, maybe it's two, maybe it's two ten. It, there is a drastic difference between what a star second baseman makes and what look at the difference between Marcus Simeon and, and Corey Seager. Yeah. One makes 170 makes one makes 325. Yeah. Right. They hit right next to each other. They play right next to each other. One makes mm-hmm. double. Yeah. No, it's a very good point. Okay. I'm going to ask you some yes and no questions and you can obviously um, expand on them. If you choose to the Toronto okay. blue Jays go out and get a fifth starter. Yes or no. In your opinion. Doesn't need to be a splashy move, but they um, go out and they sign someone who competes with Alec Manoa, Bowden Francis, Ricky Tiedemann for that final. If you want to sit and, and look at your, like, t- the, the team two years ago, the strength was offense. The team last year, the strength was pitching. Mm-hmm. It was overwhelmingly amazing pitching. Some of the best pitching in the history of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Right? Arguably Some of the healthiest the pitching, too. Yes. Yes. So, um, when when our team was so offensively built, I still felt like there were rooms room to improve the offense. I still felt like bringing in a Freddie Freeman would just make that that offense even nastier, right? I would. Uh, that's my opinion was to bring in a, a needle moving left handed bat, mm-hmm. and now we're in the position of it being our starting rotation. So would I be totally against? I think what I'm trying to say is as much as I am willing to go after Bellinger, Mm -hmm. there's a part of me, there's a part of me that's willing to go after Blake Snell. Ooh, I like that. and, And say, let's just be the team that pitches. And then I also get, uh, something inside me goes, what's Pete Walker and Blake Snell? like together because mm-hmm. Pete Walker turns left-handed pitchers into Weapons. absolute. Yeah. Just weight of their weight in gold. Right. Like mm-hmm. we, just, we just, we, we saw it with Robbie Ray. Um, we saw it with Kikuchi. Um, mm-hmm. We just, we've seen it time and time again, where he takes those. It's lefties. exciting to look at Ricky Tiedemann in that, in that yeah. pitching lab and know what they are, you know, lining him up to be. It's yeah. Jay Happ is another example of just yeah. a guy who comes in and, and, and he, Pete Walker knows how to get them in the, into the strike Dude, zone. He won 20 games with the Jays. Jay Happ right? did. Jay Happ. Like, it's, 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 I it's, know wins aren't everything in pitching anymore, but still, you win 20 games? 
that's oh I, i'm i'm all for wins i'm all yeah. for wins you're you're in the game to the point where the team no longer loses the lead you mm-hmm. got to a point in the game after the fifth inning right after the fifth inning which is a big reason why pitchers don't get nearly as many wins because you're getting fourth inning pulled and you don't Jay Happ was a guy who let, who let in three in the second, pitch four shutout innings, get to the sixth because yeah. he was a classic starter, and he would get that win because the team would grind out that win. And mm-hmm. that is that is we don't talk about wins being a valuable thing anymore. No, it it literally says that you were in there, and then yeah. the team did not lose the lead after that. Right, like after you left the game. After the fifth inning, which is such a big deal now. So 20 wins is, to me, staggering. And and it all seems to be that those guys who found something else were were erratic strike throwers. They had walk issues. Pete Walker, what, what's if Blake Snell just won a side down, what's the issue? He led the league of walks. Yeah. Right? So it's just like. There's a part of me that goes, why not just, you know, hit the gas on on pitching and, and accept that as as who we are, you know. And, and I, so. this is where the KK and the IKF signings do make Blue Jays fans nervous because it might be where this front office is at, right? They made their they made their move. They tried to get Otani. He would have been the perfect bat slash pitcher to insert into the to, into any lineup. Let's not act like Toronto specific here, but um, yeah, like maybe doubling down on defense and pitching if that's what's available, right? You look at the free agent market, and it's probably the yeah, weakest free agent market then, for bats we've seen in years. Strong. What does that wise. if you if you go for a Blake Snell, right? You go for a Blake Snell. Does that technically open up a, a Kikuchi, a Biggio, Espinal sure. deal sure. Right, to then get the bat? You know, is that then open up, you know, you you solidify your, your pitching, but then you take one of those starters and you find another place for them because pretty much all of them are, you're not going to deal Gosman, but like, do you technically look at Barrios and say that's a really great contract? Maybe I mean, there's value is, there, yeah. Is is the fact that we can't fill the bat the way we want to on the free agent market something where we get it? The, they're still pitching out there a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Montgomery hasn't signed, I don't believe yeah. yet. There's, you know, the weirdest thing is that. Clayton Kershaw is just going to go back to the Dodgers when they want him to, but it's just like, he hasn't yet. And you always said, yeah, there, like, yeah right, it was 260 something last year. Yeah. He's still Kershaw. You know, he just don't pitch him in the postseason. you know, yeah. just learned, just don't pitch him when the clock turns to October. He's not allowed to pitch that. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Hader. He likes the color blue, right? Josh so. Hader. Yes or no. Do you think uh, a big bullpen ad is something that could be beneficial here? Or do you think that uh, starting is more the direction if you are going to double down on pitching? I don't think Hater. I nope. don't get me wrong. I like Hater a lot, but I just, um, mm, I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably go after Hicks. Yeah. Before I, that's interesting. Yeah. 
just it's gonna cost you less that's for sure and he is younger obviously and uh yeah and i just like the way that hicks slotted in uh, in that bullpen last year he did. Like the, the, yeah you know um so yeah it's cheaper and you know i still run romano out as the closer so mm-hmm. um, you know swanson was great in his his spot um yeah, I, I feel like I would probably slot down a spot, go after Hicks, and just hope that maybe a little bit more time with Pete Walker gets him to being as nasty as a as a hater. As because, a hater. Right? Throwing 104, yeah. 105, you should be able to get that nasty just with a little bit more location. Okay, Joel, let's wrap up on this because – it feels like, and I mean, it felt like this before, but it does feel like there is a work stoppage coming in 2026. Um, I think the CBA is becoming more and more of a contentious point with the Players mm-hmm. Association. Uh, I know that there were more rule changes, of which, by the way, the MLB uh, PA voted against all of it, but they don't have the... Uh, majority of votes so if if major league baseball wants to force it through they can and they have so these are the rule changes that are coming in 2024 uh 18 second pitch clock with runners on instead of 20 seconds joel we i am going to run down the whole list here and ask but this one in particular you watch them remove i think it was 27 minutes the game, the average game was shorter by 27 minutes. What are we doing here? Like, why are they shaving another two seconds off this pitch clock? I, I don't understand it. When the players don't want Yeah, yeah I, I, I felt like we got what we wanted. Yeah. A half an hour off the game. I I don't think that we... we, we Baseball is a leisurely activity. It's 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 something that you go out and for, for the history of the game, it's it's something that you know you you enjoy it at the at the pace of baseball. And the pace of baseball isn't a thousand miles an hour. It is now, and and it's it got to a place where I think we all felt like it was drastically improved. Do we need to push that anymore? I don't think so. Um, I don't either. I, and I this, the next rule, the next rule also plays into everything you're just saying, right? So they're going from four mound visits down from five. Again, like, do we need to save that? Thir- I don't understand. Like, do we need to save that 30 seconds? Like, yeah, it's, um, I don't think th- those two things together are another commercial break. Right, like over the course of just like that's what we're talking. Yeah, about we're talking about. I I really no, I don't I don't understand it, and I I, I think the, the real the the reason for that one was that they weren't over the course of most games. Those five mound visits aren't being used, but that doesn't mean that in September. What 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 rate are they used in September? When when it's everything's on the line, yeah, right. Like when when things getting serious, and you're you you have an expanded roster, you have more decisions to make. 
maybe that is one more mound visit. That's one more, especially when you're coming down to the wire at the end of the season and you, you know, everything could lead to that being one game out of it or one game, mm-hmm. you know, into the playoffs. And so it's just, I don't, I understand that there's some courses early in the year where the game flies by a little quicker and you're not making those mound choices or mound mound visits, but later in the year, you know, as soon as you get out of August and you're going into those last 25 games of the season, I don't, to me, it makes a lot of sense that you have that option, especially mm-hmm. late in the season, but whatever it's, it, we're making up, it, they've gotten really carried away with, with rule changes. They've, they're, they're power hungry now or they yeah they it does up. feel that way it does feel that way like it this one too is another one if a pitcher starts to warm up before an inning he must face at least one hitter which again and and, and by the way MLBPA didn't want any of these so all for the last rule was the runner's lane to first has been widened to the infield grass i think that came from that um uh, injury in Pittsburgh where the guy there was the collision anyways I that seems more like a safety one right like it's like widening yeah. the bases you're going to encourage yeah. more running and stuff like that one I, I'm fine with but these like trying to save like trying to shorten the game again by another minute or two it just I, well I don't look at look at Tim Mesa like we um Tim Mesa had an absolutely incredible year last year didn't what mean. Tim Mesa would have been in baseball three years ago would have been a lefty specialist. Yeah, they, they fundamentally took away his role, and they still have a lefty specialist, but it is very much contingent on there being three lefties out of four coming up in the lineup mm-hmm. and working around that one righty or. You know, you're coming in with two lefties and there's one out to get, but you're up against two lefties. You know, there's all these little ways of using a lefty specialist now, as opposed to two lefties are coming up. Let's bring him in. Oh, he's done. Okay, now he's out. Right? Like there was, that was a move. That was a chess move that they just say, okay, now you can't take your king and your rook and alternate spots. That's not allowed (laughs) it. You're like, that was a move. And that you're move like, what if we do it in the outfield? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 why not, right? Like, The great thing about baseball is that there's always been a history of people trying to skirt the rules mm-hmm. and trying to find a way around what is written so that they have to write something new yes. and, and fix that new problem. But yeah, I feel like they... Found I mean, the little... examples of that are endless with baseball. Like there are so many ridiculous ones. Like, like when they stopped allowing, I'm going to say midget. I know it's not the proper term, little people or whatever. Right. Like that's how ridiculous baseball got is baseball got to the point where it's like, what if, what if the strike zone's only three inches? What if we use like a really short guy? That's like literally baseball's ammo. Like, <laughs> can we skirt the rules? Yeah. And um, <laughs> the, the little fella has a thousand uh, on base, you know, <laughs> his one walk. And um, yeah. Um, Sorry to derail you there, buddy. But no, I, no, just, it's, I it's, agree it's with so what you're true. saying. Like. <laughs> you know, um, take it back to um, 
just innovations that did great things for baseball. Like that's what this is trying to be. It's trying to be an innovation. Um, Negro League Baseball did the lights at night, right? Mm-hmm. They created night baseball because yeah. they needed to be able to use stadiums after the Major League Baseball teams would use the stadium. So they had to come in and use the stadiums later on and created night ball. So they brought in all of these lights and all of a sudden there, there's night baseball. Major League Baseball is is in a lull. What do they do? They grab the lights, bring it over to Major League Baseball. Everybody loves it. It's a staple of baseball. Nothing like watching baseball and seeing oh, a, a ball disappear 100%. into the darkness of that black sky. It's just beautiful. It's just it's 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 just incredible. So these innovations go back and and and, and trying to change the game all all for the better. But yeah, like just to see such a great improvement with the pitch clock and then to to try to tweak it more. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't, uh, the, yeah. the one with the, the baselines, I, I kind of get, cause there's always been a little bit of an issue inside and outside the foul line of where mm-hmm. uh, Trey Turner in the world series, um, just collisions at first base. Yeah. Um, hope if that can, if that can skirt that issue in any way, then that's, that's always good. Uh, are, yeah. there, are there more, you have a few more rule changes. That's all of them. That's all of them. Um, so. When is when is uh, uh, robot umpires? Has that been moved back to twenty twenty five? I think, I think like... it has. I think so. I think this is what's happening with it. I think that they are on the fence as to whether they are going to go full robo umps or if they're going to do the challenge. So I think that they're going to uh, roll out the challenge throughout all of minor league ball and see how it goes mm-hmm. this year. And then there'll be a vote next year. So no, right now, robo umps not a thing. Umpires are still going to be out there screwing the game up. So we can look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, was, I was literally watching the World Series with a friend of mine, and uh, it was uh, Moreno was up three zero three one, and he takes a ball just just drastically. No, it's a three zero count, and it was uh, three inches outside goes to three one and you're like that would have been the tying run you know tying run would have been on first yeah. base and and he's up there he, he grounds out and you're sitting there watching that in the world series and my friend goes i'm not gonna watch anymore tell me when the robot ups come, <laughs> and, I'll come back and i was like yeah it's like once once you put up that little uh rectangle and you showed how bad some of those calls are the 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 layman fan who comes in and goes this is still happening in your sport and you know it it's just mm-hmm. like i i i always i was so i'm a fan of framing i'm a fan of the old what, what a catcher yeah. provides of being able to snap the glove shut and just slightly bring it into the zone that's such a nuanced skill but um yeah i i that is, and, and we'll wrap up here because we don't need to constantly go over all these rule changes. And But th- that is one thing that a lot of these rule changes has done is it's taken skills that had been developed and made them irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of too bad that that is uh, some of those things have happened. Anyways, Joel, I'm going to leave it at that. I just really appreciate, by the way, I'm in, uh, I'm in Dominican Republic right now. I don't know if you can see the... What? And Look at you, man. I know. And I'm going to uh some winter league playoff games. So the wife and I are gonna go see Lycy and uh January 4th and then January 6th. And this is the funny thing, dude, is that uh they don't sell tickets in advance. 
So we're going to have to go like line up and get tickets. Like it's 1995 and then like go to the game. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. I'm really looking forward to it, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh man. I'm jealous. That's incredible. Enjoy it, dude. Enjoy it. That's, that's, thank you, my friend. And uh, yeah, let's talk again real soon here. Excited about around the horn and where we're headed with that. Obviously we'll dive more into that in the new year here. Uh, Too bad Adam wasn't able to join us, but uh, appreciate you picking up the slack, my friend. No problem. Glad to show uh, whenever you need me. Love it. All right, Grounds Crew, thank you so much for watching. Uh, Hit that like button, subscribe if you haven't already. We will see you Tuesday for Mailbag. Cheers, everybody.